Hey guys, Barry McGlitty here for another episode of the Comeback Game Inspired and Unstoppable podcast. Uh, today I've got a good friend of mine, Regan Hillier from Regan Hillier International, who's a best-selling author, coach, uh, speaker, and uh, most recently full-time travelpreneur. So Regan, uh, for the viewers and listeners out there today, let's, uh, I'd love you just to share a little bit about uh, who are you? What is it specifically you do? Definitely. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's awesome to, to be here with you. And yeah, look, my, my company, Reading Healing International, really helps people unlock their greatness and disrupt their version of normal so they can tap into the next layer of their life and business and ultimately become wildly successful in whatever way that looks like for them. Yeah, cool. And how long have you been doing this for? Look, I've been in the coaching industry for 10 years now. And, you know, 10 years ago, I started out as a one-on-one -on -one coach and basically, you know, built myself a job and <laughs> got really time poor really quickly. Um, and then this company, which we're talking about now, is um, nearly three years old at the time of this interview. Wow. And so a lot's changed. Yes. <laughs> a lot's changed. And so, yeah, before we get into, obviously, the life that you live now, because, um, you know, we met... Uh, almost a year or so ago and you know I've certainly seen some significant changes in that that you know past nearly 12 months now but I'd love to you to sort of you know if we start with a little bit of your backstory you know like where did you come from what were you doing before you know coaching Definitely. Yeah. So I, I grew up in Auckland, New Zealand and, you know, very much had a family that loved me and still loves me a lot, but very much believed in following the system, you know, and they told me that I had to go to school and work really hard and get good grades and, you know, follow that system down its track, right? Eventually get a job. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at all. And so I, I fell into that. And, you know, my dad always said to me, Regan, if I had your opportunities, I would have been an architect. And so I started going to architecture school, right? And, um, you know, I remember a, a kind of pivotal moment in that where a lecturer got us to do a visualization exercise and kind of picture our life 20 years out as a future architect. And I started seeing the life that I was creating and I literally felt sick to my stomach. And I just knew that, you know what, even though I can do this and I'm maybe even good at this, like it's not my truth. It's not my purpose. And so, you know, it was in that moment that I walked out of there and I decided that I was going to find out why I'm here. And when I found out why I was here, I was going to try and find a way to make it work. So yeah, that was, that was kind of my first entry into the personal development world. And so I spent a long time really as a, as a student, I stayed at university, but as the student who was like trying to invest in themselves and work on themselves and start up businesses and kind of just looking for ways out initially didn't start with a massive dream or a big vision to impact millions of people. It was really like, how do I not be in a job? How do I not be an architect? Like that's really where it all started. Yeah. Got it. And how long ago was that now? That was well, I'm 28 now. And so I was 17 at the time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So nearly, nearly 10 years ago, 11 years yeah. ago. Wow. Incredible. And, and so how did it start? Like, you know, your, your decision was, well, I don't, I don't want to be that. So I'm moving away from becoming an architect. Um, like what did dad have to say about that at that point in time when obviously he's still upon you, his unfulfilled dreams of becoming an architect. What was his response? Right. 
Yeah, like I actually walked out of that lecture room and I rang him and I remember I was crying, I was shaking, like I was so scared to tell him this. Um, and I, I told him, you know, dad, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be an architect. I, I might finish the degree, but I'm not going to do it for the rest of my life. And to my surprise, he, he actually said that he'd support me. And he said, okay, you know what? Well, I ultimately want you to be happy. Um, so he's like, you have my full support. And then he said to me, he said, so Regan, what are you going to do? <laughs> and I had absolutely no idea. Like I just walked out of university right um and I was literally like look just just give me a minute I have no clue and so I hung up the phone and I went home and I I went to Dr Google because obviously Dr Google has all the answers all the time and so I googled how do you quit your nine-to-five job now I didn't even have a nine-to-five job but I was trying to get out of it yeah, and I came across an ebook which led me to a wealth creation seminar, which was a four-day event, and that's really what started opening my eyes to the industry and also to the possibilities that oh, there's actually some other different ways to create your reality. Yeah, and and how far along the journey was it that you realised that this was a space you wanted to move into? Like, was it that first you know personal development, development, you know, the wealth seminar you went to, or was it sometime down the path you thought, well, hang on, I could actually do this. I could be that sort of person that inspires people around the world yeah look it really wasn't from the beginning i was never a person that said i want to be a life coach and went and did a life coaching certification or anything like that i was really just trying to sort out my own life to be honest and make it work (laughs) and what's interesting is is when i when i started to really realize that oh okay there are these strategic pieces in business but also this internal game that gets to be mastered and i know you get this as well barry the minute i started fusing those i started seeing my life shift you know i started Mm -hmm. making money and you know my body looked different people started coming to me and asking me, how are you doing this? Like, I'm seeing you're different. What are you doing? And I started just telling people, I started saying, well, okay, in the morning, do this and this and stop doing this and start doing this and don't do this and do this. Right. And I just told my friends and the people closest to me, and then people would come back and they would started thanking me. And some people started sending me flowers and people were like, Hey, you really, really, really helped me. Thank you so much. And it was at that moment in time, like that was the first moment that I truly felt a sense of purpose that I really felt, oh my goodness, like this feels so good to actually help someone and see them change their life. And that was the moment where everything shifted because in that moment, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about how could I just create some money or not be in a job? Like my, my shift is focused, my, my focus shifted rather to get into this place where it was like, oh, how can I actually focus on helping someone else? And that's when everything really started to open up. Mm-hmm. When you took it outside of you and focused onto others. Yeah. Yeah. And how has, how has that, that experience, that moment um, grown? Because, you know, obviously you, you started the business or the business that you're currently operating three years ago. So there's a period of time over the last 11 years from kind of having that bit of a moment in that, that classroom with the lecture and like, like what an amazing guy to have had you go through a visualization exercise. <laughs> like I wonder how many students he actually lost, you know, but in power at the same time through that kind right. of an exercise. But you know, there's a significant period of time. So what were some of the stages or some of the, you know, some of that journey, that backstory between obviously then leaving or deciding that's not what you want to do, going to Google and saying, hey, you know, how to quit your nine to five job to, to being here, you know, running a super successful, you know, global recognized brand. Yeah, definitely. And and look, there are so many, I guess, transitions and evolutions. But, you know, what's interesting is that, when people started coming to me and thanking me and and I really felt this sense of purpose, I I listened to that nudge and I thought to myself, okay, cool. Like maybe there's something in this. Maybe I I could 
do this, you know? And what's interesting is that, you know, I'll share with you now with the brand you see today um, to work with me over 12 months, it's a million dollar investment, right? Which is like an all in one-on-one coaching package where you get access to all events and everything. Now that's where I am now. But if I take you back to the very first moment where I thought, okay, how do I coach someone? Like, how do I actually do this? Um, I, I got my first coaching client and this lady invested with me and it was a 12 week like one-on-one program where I called her, I think twice a week for like two hours. Like it was a lot of time, right? <laughs> I charged her $300, right? For that whole package for the 12 weeks, right? And so I see some people look at my life and my business now and they're like, oh wow. And I'm like, well, hang on, <laughs> hang on. This is where it started. And if people ask me, you know, what's your greatest moment in business? I often say that first $300, you know, cause that was the moment where someone actually believed in me and I believed in myself enough to charge something, right? And it was at that moment where I had my first client and, and I, I loved working with her and everything started, you know, opening up. And so I went through this transition of, of doing that and um, then started increasing my rates, obviously, and, and started working with more people one-on-one. And I really built myself a job. You know, I went down the typical path of a one-on-one coach and I was on the phone for eight, 10 hours a day sometimes and just really tired, loving it, full of purpose, really inspired, but also thinking, you know what, like there's got to be a smarter way to do this because there's only one of me and this is getting a bit crazy. And so I thought to myself, you know, how do I leverage this? And that's when I I kind of clicked that, well, maybe I should start speaking because I could talk to 50 people for an hour each on the phone, or I could speak for an hour and talk to 50 people. Like, what does that look like? And so that's when I started an offline education company. Um, and I was basically running events through Australia and New Zealand, um, you know, speaking three to four times a week, traveling every week, like it was a lot. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was kind of the transition from one-on-one coach inspired and just figuring it out to building myself a job to creating a little bit more time freedom and, um, and jumping into this, um, this offline education company basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is a point like even in a million bucks a, a year, there is a point that, you know, you just can't, you can keep increasing your prices, but you can't make more time. So right. it becomes a point that you have to think about doing things differently. And what I've kind of taken from your story there and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is it seems like almost when you've been faced with somewhat a challenge or a limitation, that's when the greatest uh, innovation has come forth and caused you to kind of think about, okay, how can I actually do things differently now? Now the one-on-one yep. coaching is obviously working, you're getting clients, you're getting paid while the business is growing but you're loving doing what you're doing, but equally too, you get into a position where you're starting to be burnt out. You're flying and traveling all the time. So um, I suppose, you know, it's something that I see a lot with people is they get stuck on something that works. They spend a lot of their life um, with a lot of things that don't work. They find something that does work. And then that thing that they find that works stops working, but they've almost developed a belief or an attachment to it working that that prevents them from changing things up. So, I'd be curious to know, like, you know, to dive into your thinking a little bit is, is how do you know it is time to change things up? How do you know it is time to get outside of what you believe to be true today to create a new tomorrow? Totally. Such a good talking point. And, you know, for me, it's a feeling like deep inside my body. And I feel like, you know, when you get this feeling. And so what's interesting is, you know, when I, I built this offline education company and I was traveling around Australia and New Zealand and speaking and you know, I grew that to roughly a million dollars a year and I was 24. Right. And so on the outside, people were like, wow, you're doing so well. You're really successful. You're so lucky. Like I was hearing all of this constantly. And I I remember this moment where I was, um, 
I was being paid to speak substantially by people that had invested in this, in this three day course that I was running. And I was, it was in Melbourne, Australia. And I remember standing outside of the room, ready to go inside to, to coach these clients at this event. And I, I put my hand up to like open the, the door handle and my body didn't want to go inside. Like I literally felt this feeling in my stomach and it was the same feeling that I'd felt sitting in that university lecture and I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I not grateful? Why am I not excited about this? Like something's up though. And I, I really felt it. And of course I went inside and facilitated the event, but straight after that, I went to Bali and I, I unplugged. I, I went away. I went, I canceled events. I, I went for four weeks and I really committed to, to asking myself, like, what is that feeling and why am I feeling that? And I realized like when I really dug deep in, inside myself, I, I realized that even though that business was successful on the outside, there were a few things that were out of alignment with what my next, next um, level actually looks like. Mm. And so I realized that, okay, there's only so many people I can fit in those rooms. I want to help and impact more people than that. And hang on, I have to be in Australia and New Zealand speaking three to four times a week to really make this work, right? Uh, my truth is I want to be traveling the world and working from my laptop. Right. And so there were things that I weren't listening to, which I could have so easily gone, well, okay, cool. I'll just ignore that. Let's just be grateful. A million dollars a year, successful company, helping people just shut up, Regan, and be grateful. Right. Now I walked away from that company. I didn't phase it out. I shut it down. I walked away. Everyone told me I was crazy. I had business mentors telling me that I was screwing it up, that it was self-sabotage, that I shouldn't be doing it. Um, I shut it down. And you know, that is a, that's the moment when I launched my personal brand of Regan Hillier International, which is what you see today, which is a multiple seven-figure business that impacts millions of people each year. And there's no way, no way that I would have been able to grow and go to that point unless I'd listened to that internal alignment and for me it's like this feeling in your gut where you just know and you might not know all the pieces right you might not know the plan you might not know okay here's how it's going to unfold and it might feel scary and it might feel uncertain and it might be like what am i doing am i going crazy but i just trust me if you listen to that like the world will support you if you trust that and move forward with it hmm. I think this is the difference of, you know, listening to, to that conscious thought, which often is, is based on past experience. You know, that's how it's filtering in the information versus based on listening to what I call like heart consciousness. You know, yeah. that divine consciousness is that, yeah, a lot of the time it doesn't actually make sense. And a lot of the time you don't actually have all the pieces or even know how it's going to look, but, but it's about building that relationship with self to trust self over others you know like to have business mentors that you obviously looked up to and respected it and most likely hired to assist you to grow your business tell right. you that you're crazy and you to, to to still trust you and trust your gut has no doubt been what's allowed you to grow this business incredibly fast um but in such a way that's more in line with the life that you want to live and the life that you hit to live as well Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's something now where if I could do anything differently, I would listen to myself more. I would trust myself more, you know, I would believe in myself more. And, and I really make a habit of doing that now. And I, I make decisions now in the business that are totally illogical, that don't make sense that anyone else would be like, that's crazy. Why are you doing that? I'm like, no, I feel this. And I'm very like grounded and trusting that. And here's the difference. I've learned to I've learned to differentiate between the feeling of, hmm, this doesn't feel right. It's slightly out of alignment versus I'm scared, right? Because they're two different feelings. And some people go, oh my goodness, you know, launching this product or service and they feel fear. Yeah. 
and act in spite of that, like learn to dance with that fear versus, mm, no, that's actually not the right step. That's not fully in alignment. So they're two different feelings. And the more you ask yourself, is this just not in alignment or am I scared? Like, is this resistance or is it not in alignment? The more you train yourself to differentiate between the two, the better you'll get at actually recognizing this stuff. Yeah. And look, I'd say it's all well and good, right? But let's be honest, there's a lot of people out there um, that haven't been through the level of training that you or I have, that, that haven't um, probably even maybe even begun the journey of listening to self. And, you know, I'm not sure whether you agree with me, but I know certainly for my journey, you know, I've, I've been in this same kind of space for probably 11, 12 years now, particularly around developing that connection with, with, with heart or some people call gut or spirit or whatever you choose to call it. But, you know, I, I call it heart. And it hasn't always been easy because often, you know, the decisions that you, you feel to make are not easy decisions by others around you or by situations. And, you know, it's, I kind of relate it to going to the gym is that the first, you know, day or week or even few months that you go to the gym, it hurts. It hurts a lot. You know, but that persistence, you build the muscle up and you build the strength up to over time where the recovery is a lot quicker and it doesn't hurt as much and you kind of just trust the process. And I feel very much trusting your, your, your heart or spirit or whatever is, is the same. And that's certainly been my experience. So, you know, for the people out there right now that might say, oh, that's all well and good, but, you know, it won't work for me or I don't have access to my heart or, you know, any of that sort of stuff that, you know, you or I no doubt went through in the beginning. Like, what would you say to the people out there that are kind of listening to this right now and there's part of them waking up going, yeah, you know, there's, there's something about this that's, that's feeling right or I'm meant to be listening to this or, you know, maybe it is time or like, what would you say to them? Like, how would they start that, that process or that journey of, 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 you know, learning who they really are? Totally, totally. Well, the first thing is just knowing that we're always tapped into our intuition at all times. We're always tapped into our heart or source or the universe or intuition or whatever tag we want to put on it, right? There's only the illusion of a disconnect. There's only ever the illusion of separation that it, and that happens by not being fully present. That happens by not being aware. So I would say for someone just starting out, just start noticing the moments in time where something happens and you do something or say yes or no to something and then, then life plays out and you have that moment where you're like, damn, I knew that. Damn, I wish I'd listened to myself. We all have those all the time, right? It's like, hmm, oh, I felt that. I wish I trusted that. You know, and, and just notice instead of judging that, instead notice, hmm, okay, what did I feel? Where was it in my body? What did I think in that moment? What was I aware of? What feelings came through to me, right? And you start training yourself to actually be more aware of yourself, right? You start training yourself to be more aware of your intuition. And that's really the first step. It's just awareness with love, not with judgment, like awareness. Not like, oh, I missed it again. More like, oh, interesting. That's so cool. I knew that. <laughs> that's so cool. I was right about that. And when you have this awareness from this space, then the next layer is starting to learn to trust it, right? And then the trusting is like, Hey, I'm feeling the feeling. Let me just say yes to that. Let me just say no to that. Let me just trust that. And you lean into it a little bit more, but you can't do the trusting until you're aware of what you're actually mm -hmm. feeling. So just, just start noticing what's actually going on for you. Hmm. And I always play around with it. Like, like in lightheartedness, it's like, Oh, I'm just going to try this one. I'm feeling this, but I'm going to try this anyway. And let's see what happens and play around with it because it's, the, it's that judgment that almost creates further separation. It's not the analogy they talk about, you know, you're driving down the road and you get a flat tire Instead of dealing with a flat tire, you get upset and you go and pop the rest of you know, the other three tires. It's yeah. like, you know, under, understanding that we are human, um, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience and that we're going to make 
mistakes or we're going to make decisions or choices that maybe aren't in alignment with, you know, a, a greater purpose or calling, but that's okay. That's part of the process. What, what I'm wondering though, like is, you know, what's, what's some or a, you know, challenge or adversity that you went through in life that, you know, was incredibly painful and challenging at the time to go through, but in reflection and to look back now has been one of the greatest, you know, experiences or, or blessings of your life. I'd love you to share that. Yeah, look, I, I think there's been many. I think there's been many. Um, you know, I remember one moment where one of the first businesses I set up when I was in the personal development world um, was actually a um, rehab. And so I was working with a business partner around, um, he was helping more with like drug and alcohol rehab. And I was actually helping women with eating disorders because that was a part of what I went through in my teenage years. And so we set up this rehab in, in New Zealand and um, started doing really well with it. And it was all natural, you know, um, remedies and solutions for people. And then I moved to Melbourne, Australia in order to start expanding um, this business out, first in Melbourne, then in Sydney. And, um, you know, it was very, I guess, non-structured and set up in terms of business partnership or deal. We were kind of just like living out of the main business account. It was, it was very just free flow, right? Um, and, you know, I, I got this apartment in, in Melbourne. It was actually in the Eureka Tower, if you know Melbourne, right? Which is not a cheap place to live. Um, and I was there and I was paying this, this monthly rent out of... Um, out of this business account and I got this um I got this letter under the door one day and they were like oh the the rent is unpaid and I was like well that's um, that's impossible it can't be unpaid it's linked to this account which has you know roughly six figures sitting sitting in the main account floating at all time and I opened up the internet banking I looked at the account and there was eight dollars seventy in there and I was like okay what is going on went to contact the business partner gone no contact cut funds wiped out everything like completely gone so that took a little bit to process (laughs) i had nothing in my own personal accounts because i wasn't doing that we weren't drawing we were just literally living out of this main account which was crazy obviously but we were doing that and so I moved out of that account uh, uh, that apartment rather and I went to a friend's house in Melbourne I slept on his couch for roughly two weeks. Um, and it was at that time that I, I really got to reassess everything. <laughs> I really got to reassess everything. Um, I actually went and I got a job for the first time in my life, for the only time in my life, actually. I went and worked for someone else. And I knew that I was in a place where if I tried to build or create anything in business, I would be coming from total scarcity, total fear, total lack. And so instead of doing that, I thought, okay, let me just stabilize this a little bit. (laughs) Let me actually just have a little bit of base income coming in for the next month or two. Um, And also let me do this in a way where it's in alignment with where I want to go. So I wanted to set up an education company, right? I wanted to set up an online or offline education company. So I thought, all right, well, I'll go and work for one. So I went and worked for one in Melbourne, actually put myself in there, right? Knew nothing about sales. I was on the phone selling products and services. I learned so much during that time. I learned how to run a massive education company I learned what not to do in the process and it was such a learning experience and it was straight after that actually um, that I set up the um, the offline education company which which we grew to a million dollars a year and that was a pivotal point with that knowledge and experience of actually working for that company and that wouldn't have happened unless I've had that business partner go completely AWOL and lose everything and have like $8.70 in the business account 
Wow. <laughs> it's one example of something. <laughs> yeah, I just love stories like that. Hey, you know, that that was the catalyst to to equip you with the knowledge and the understanding to be doing very much a, a lot of what you're doing now, or at least the foundation of of that process. Wow. Incredible. Let's let's hear another one, because that was that was pretty insightful. I, I love how like <laughs> How long did it take you to kind of get over it? What I mean by that, to get to a position where you were thinking clearly enough to actually go, okay, right, I'm going to get a job. I'm not just going to get a job though. I'm going to get a job down the path of what I want to continue doing. Yeah. I look, I guess it was reasonably quick. I mean, I, I remember I spent a week on that couch. Basically I spent a week not sitting there feeling sorry for myself, but racking my brains with how I was going to get out of this and what did it look like and bearing on mind that I was, you know, staying at a, a friend's house and I didn't want to burden him. He was paying for my food, like everything. I didn't tell my, my family because I was like, you know, I'm going to prove to them that I failed in business, you know, and they need to go back to university and there's no way they were going to know. So, <laughs> so I didn't tell anybody. Um, so yeah, it took me a good week of processing, redefining. I really think some of my, um, strongest mindsets around money came from that moment came from that time where I was like okay I really get to choose what happens from here I really get to choose how I get to be I really get to choose what I create now like what does this look like um so yeah it was a week but it was a week of like intense kind of um intense <laughs> intense internal work and you'll probably like this story actually I decided I was going to work for this education company because I was looking at all the other jobs going I just can't do it you know this is an entrepreneur kind of <laughs> born and bred person is just going, I can't work for someone else anyway. My ego was going off. Um, but secondly, all these jobs looked horrible. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, okay, cool. I have to go and work for something which I'm going to actually enjoy. So I found this education company and I was like, that's it. I'm going to work for them. So I rang them and I got the sales manager on the phone actually. Um, and, and I said, you know, I'd love to come and work for you guys. And she's like, well, we're not hiring. And I was like, oh, so she hung up the phone and I rang her back <laughs> and I said, look, can I just, um, can I just propose something to you? I just, I just want to make an offer. And she's like, she's like, okay, what's your offer? I said, look, I'll come in and I'll work for free for a month. Now I had no money. Just remember, I was like stuck and struggling. I said, I will work for a month for free. And if I'm valuable, you can keep me. And if I'm not, tell me to leave and I don't want anything. And she's like, okay. <laughs> right. She's like, why would we not have a free staff member? And so she's like, when do you want to start? I'm like, how's tomorrow? She's like, perfect. See you in the office. So I went into the office and I, I turned up having no idea what I was going to do at all, thinking they were going to ask me, you know, my skill set, what are you good at? Any of these things. And I, I said to her, okay, like I'm here. And I met her. She was lovely. I'm like, where do we start? And she's like, sit down. And she took me to this desk and she pointed to the phone and she said, make sales. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Now I knew nothing about cold calling or selling over the phone or, or anything like this. And she, she printed out like a list of the products, a list, of, a list of their benefits. And she said, go for it. I said, is there any training? She said, you're going to learn by calling people. And so I started picking up the phone <laughs> at the end of that month. I was one of the top sales people in the company and I stayed in that company. I worked for these guys for seven to eight months with pretty high commissions at the end um, alongside what I was building. So again, 
I had to sit it out. I chose to sit it out for a month without earning anything, no base, no commissions, nothing, mm. and working my ass off in order to prove my worth and actually learn in this process. Um, and I'm super grateful, again, to my friend who gave me food and a couch through this process. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a pattern there of, of, of giving before you get. You know, there's a pattern there very much of regardless of what you're going through experiencing is putting yourself out there to actually impact the lives of others first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would you say that that's a significant, um, you know, pillar to the success that you're now having? Because, you know, your business is blown up. You guys are everywhere. You're doing good, good figures. Um, you're obviously getting to travel. Where are you at the moment? I'm in Paris right now. Paris. Yeah. And, uh, you know, last week, no doubt, somewhere different. So... You know, we just say that's one of the, the, the pillars to the success is, you know, putting others first before you. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. And I think too many people are looking at what can I create? What can I get out of it? How much money can I make? And you can get somewhere with that, but you will cap out. And, you know, I remember a time sitting in Bali um, where, you know, business was good and on the outside, everything looked great. But I remember feeling really kind of empty and not satisfied and also things had plateaued out they weren't in a place of massively growing it was it was fine but it was a plateau for sure and i remember thinking you know is this it like what more is there really and then it kind of clicked to me that there was so much more impact and there were so many more people that i got to help and touch and inspire and what would that look like and and literally the moment that i shifted my focus deeply to that and i made that my priority not myself or my money or my lifestyle or, or my business you know the moment i actually shifted that to impact and how many more people can we help um everything picked up again and i felt better i wasn't feeling empty all of a sudden i started feeling satisfied and excited and good and alive again Mm. Mm. here's what i'm curious about because i meet a lot of business owners that you know are very giving right very giving like especially mothers and fathers that have got kids and are trying to grow a business and this is something that i've been um you know spending a bit of time around and pondering is that difference between you know sacrificing your life for the life of others versus having healthy boundaries about giving from a place of abundance like, I'd love to know your kind of take on that because you're, you're giving, you're serving these people, but it's not to the detriment of your own health or your own well-being, which, you know, it was a little bit back when you were in the one-on-one and working so many hours. Yeah. So I'd love to know your kind of take around how to find that, that, that balance between actually being in a position where you are giving from a place of abundant, abundance and not scarce. Because the other thing too is like, it's very different going, oh, I'm going to go out there and give abundantly, but secretly I know if I give that I get right? There's a very different mentality between, you know, I'm, I'm going to give knowing that I'm going to get versus I'm just going to give because it, it, it makes me feel good and I'm impacting people and changing people's lives. So like, how do you find that balance and what does it look like for you? Yeah, totally. And, and you're right. Like I, I see people swing. It's like a pendulum and I see them like way down one side where it's like massively overgiving. Um, and then some people really aren't giving and they're super kind of self-centered. So I, I feel like it gets to be, somewhere in the middle and it, and it gets to just feel right for you. And it, and it gets to be from a place of really understanding that, you know, if you center in contribution and in giving, it's not that you're going to get something back because that's actually still self-service mode, right? That's not actually giving mode. And I think that's the, the key difference. Um, but if you center in that, knowing that it's just going to feel good. And for me, you know, I, I look at it, I look at it as a category of life. 
you know it's like okay we've got health and we've got health goals we've got money and we've got money goals we've got relationships and we've got relationship goals well we also have contribution and we have contribution goals and, and i see them as you know all these little separate containers that do get time and energy and focus and it's not like well if i fill up contribution then that means money gonna do that like no just like how are they individually do they feel good do they feel grounded does one of them need more focus than another at this point in time like which one's kind of suffering a little bit okay let me put my focus here not if i put my focus here that means this one will do that right so i see them as kind of separate links um yeah mm, yeah i love that and 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 in balance too it's not all or nothing it's 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 once again it comes back to having that um like you talked about the start of the start of the conversation around presence, you know, yeah. that, that having, having the present state awareness enough to be able to calibrate in with those different buckets and understand well, where does my energy need to shift today or this moment. Yeah, yeah. totally. And I think something interesting happens, you know, I always tell people you'll receive in money and business and success, you, you'll receive ultimately what you believe you're worthy and deserving of. Okay. Mm. And most people get that to some point and they're like, okay, cool. I understand that. You know, if I want to receive more, I need to increase my self-worth. But what they don't get as well is that you'll also, you'll keep and nurture and allow in your field what you also believe you're worthy and deserving of. Right. So what I see a lot of people mm. do is they, they learn how to kind of hack the system and increase their income. And they do this and all of a sudden they have maybe more money coming in than they've ever had before. And it's like, yeah, 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 this is awesome. But there's a part of them that doesn't still feel worthy and deserving of actually keeping it. So they look to go and get rid of it. Now they're nice, kind, heart-centered people. So they get rid of it through philanthropic means or through giving or through something like that. But that's often where we see an imbalance. That's where we see an overgive. That's where we see a, like, let me give all my money away or let me kill myself by doing this thing and like overgive to this cause or charity or foundation or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and often it's because they're not centered and yeah, I'm actually worthy of, of keeping this <laughs> and having this in my field. So yeah, that's something I look at with clients as well. It's like, okay, if there's an, an unusual overcompensation, like what is then the core of that? Like, why are you uncomfortable in this other place? Hmm. Well, I suppose essentially like we're not the highest version of ourselves that we can imagine. We're the lowest version of ourselves to which we can accept. Yeah. And in order for us to, to, you know, transition or to continue to grow, we need to increase our standards or, you know, change that level of what we're willing to accept within ourselves because it's like, yeah, we might be killing it in business and making a lot of money, but our relationship sucks. And that's the kind of imbalance that we, that we creep to, to, to not rock the system. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so true. I always say to people like you often don't get what you dream about, but you get what you tolerate. Right. And it's yeah. like looking at, okay, what is you're really living into your minimum standard right now. Like we're just living in our minimum standard. We, we, we just, we just wouldn't tolerate anything less than that. So if we want to shift it, then we need to raise our level of tolerance and making sure we're not having the compensation swing in different areas. Like you get to raise your tolerance across the board. Right. And there's so much conditioning, like even Oprah says that like, you can have it all, but not all at once. And it's like, why not? Why not? Like we're not separate human beings. Like your arm doesn't control the money and then your foot doesn't control your relationship. Like we're one full unit. And why can we not collectively rise across the board? Like it's totally possible if you put intention on it and just choose it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just be willing not to tolerate. It comes down, down to the same thing we spoke about before though, is just being okay to be uncomfortable. You know, it yeah. might be uncomfortable to have the conversations, but in the conversations, you increase your standards or what you want to tolerate. Exactly. Yeah.
Look, I suppose before we wrap up, um, I'd love to just know, and we still got a little bit of time, but like what have been maybe the, the three most impactful uh, experiences of your life, like in terms of maybe it's wisdom or information or, you know, some sort of coaching or training or some sort of epiphany that you had, what have been the, the, you know, the three most impactful experiences that you've had, uh, you know, over the journey that you've had to, to where you are right now? There's been a lot. <laughs> There's been a lot. Um, look, I, I'd say one of the first ones is actually the moment we chatted about where I saw and visualized my future and realized that it wasn't in my highest. Um, yeah. That was huge. Like if I hadn't have listened to that, I mean, I might've been an architect right now, really not enjoying my life and, you know, <laughs> definitely not living the life I live now. Um, so that, that was definitely huge. Second most impactful moment, and I'm, I'm going to combine this into all of them because it's, it's all of the personal development and it's all of the growth. And there, there hasn't been like one mentor, one course, like it's collectively so much mm. and so many people. And I'm so deeply grateful for every single person and every single course and every single everything that I've invested in um, because collectively it's come together to contribute to what you see today. Um, so I'm grateful for all the growth and grateful for all of that. And it's been super impactful and there's no way I would have done any of it just on, on my own and trying to figure it out like no way um and then the third thing which is which is interesting is is definitely one of the most impactful experiences of my life is um I I take people out to the jungles of Peru and you know I work deeply there um, with Peruvian shamans and elders and we work with sacred plant medicine and every single one of those experiences and journeys has been so deep and so opening and so elevating however the very first journey opened everything for me and that was actually the point that allowed me to massively transition my business and a month and a half after that we had our first million dollar month and so that that shift was directly linked to so much expansion of my awareness and my reality um which came directly from working with that sacred medicine um so yeah that i mean that would definitely be up there i even tell people when i talk about experience i'm like that's one of the most powerful experiences of my whole life <laughs> yeah Oh, it's beautiful. And you've shared so much gold with the people out there watching and listening. What would be one, uh, one thing you'd leave everyone with today? Look, I think the biggest thing to know is that, you know, what you have to say is important and the stuff inside of you is real, you know, and if you really start trusting it and if you start listening to it and if you start doing the work around it, um, then ultimately you can have everything you desire in your life. Like your, your dreams and your visions, like all of that is valid and all of those are little nudges and pulls to allow you to shift into the highest version of you and to ultimately live your ideal reality. So yeah, you, you can have it all and whatever way that looks like for you yeah that's really good and and how would the people out there uh you know watching listening today connect with you or, or check you guys out some more yeah, definitely. You can go to reganhillier.com or just go to reganhillier on any of the social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, send me a message. Let me know you came from um, this interview as well. And, and yeah, I'd love to chat to you. Beautiful. Regan, sweetheart, thank you so much for your time. It's been beautiful. We could chat all day. Uh, thanks very much. And no doubt we'll, uh, we'll jump on another, another interview soon. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Barry. Awesome to chat with you.